You're listening to the Feel Good Podcast, your guide to feel good. Phil is an average everyday guy who wanted to discover a path to feeling good. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Now let's join our host, Phil, for today's conversation about wellness and feeling good. Good evening, everybody. Thursday Night Live. Let's do this. Very excited to have y'all join. Should be interesting. Um, Miss Tamara. There we go. Ah, there we go. Hey, what's going I was on? Trying to, I was trying to be inconspicuous with my AirPod in my other ear. So. Oh. It's okay. <laughs> Apparently, you need both of them. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't. I don't know how those work. I've never had AirPods. I've, I've always kind of I'm, thought they'd be pretty cool to have, but. Yeah, they're kind of bougie. <laughs> you know, but I had uh, one too many situations on the elliptical where my yeah. phone went flying because I was in it. Yeah. And I got wrapped up in the cord. And so after you embarrass yourself in front of everybody at the gym, yeah. your husband, well, or your wife will buy you AirPods. <laughs> yeah. I have, the, I have the big Sony over the oh. ear ones, you know, so oh. they noise canceling. So I don't even hear anybody else around me. It's pretty cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm working with them. I don't know. I don't use them very often, but it is nice. Like when I'm gardening yeah. to have my phone and then just be able to be hands-free and, and listen to my my music so but i am afraid i'm gonna drop one in the toilet or the pool or something so i have heard it's also a good way to snoop on your kids is it well evidently you can like turn the some sort of like uh setting on inside your phone and then you can leave your phone in the room where things are going on and walk out the room and listen on your app well when charlotte's older um (laughs) maybe i'll do that but i only have one child so um and she's seven so right now she's pretty innocent yeah, I have I have one uh, six year old, yes. seven in uh, fifteen days. So okay, well there you go. We are we are parenting in the same years. I know it. I know it. I love it. And we've both like lost one hundred fifty pounds, right? Big big losers. <laughs> I was cracking up. You were like, I called you big loser. I hope that's okay. I did. I did. But but just so you know, you were in good company because I called yep. myself the same thing. Absolutely, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I don't know how many of these you've got to watch, but I really appreciate you getting to come on with me. Yes, yes. I've watched watched a few. You know, it's typically bedtime in our house, so I don't always tune in live, but I did go back and and watch a few of them. So, yeah, I have. It's 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 kind of a cool thing you're doing. It is fun. Yeah, it's always good to get to know somebody else's story and just, you know, if there's always one or two things that somebody will say or something that will prompt me to say something that really can help other people figure out uh, different components of the journey. So it's, it's pretty fun. So yeah. anyway, I, uh, I always start pretty much the same way and then we'll go from there talk okay. about food activity and mindset. But uh, just really want to know, like for you, how you found out that WW existed? Like how did it oh. come into your life back in the day? And yeah. then uh, maybe how many times you've used it, what made it work okay. this time and that kind of stuff. Okay. So um, I come from uh, generational obesity. That's, that's, how it is. I am one of those. We have um, family uh, history of being overweight. And so my first um, introduction to WW would have been, of course, through my mother. Mm. Um, But for me, my very first memory of attending a WW meeting on my own at my choice. um, Thanks for the hair compliment. I see you, girl. (laughs) I have to say thank you. Thank you, Gina. Um, but my first experience on my own self-driven would have been, I was probably about 17. Mm. Um, it would have been, um, late nineties, early 2000. Um, I have vivid memories of finishing my internship at the dental office, going in my scrubs and weighing in at the little meeting that Joy C, who is still a coach, um, in Elkhart, Indiana. She, um, she did that meeting. I remember her vividly. So that was my first experience. I probably, um, I mean, I struggled with my weight my entire life. So um, I never remember a time when I wasn't overweight. Um, Yeah. yeah. So I was probably, I was in high school and I think I was in the 200s, low 210s, 220s. And and I'm like, I'm going to lose weight. And I don't remember really being successful. I remember that our fruits were still smart points, still had points. I don't know if you go back that far. 
No, I started 2015 the first time. Okay. Okay. First time. Okay. So um, my first yeah. So uh, fruit still had points. Bananas were two smart points. Wow. I think about that every time I have a banana. Um, <laughs> so that was my first um, experience with it. I don't remember what happened. I think just your teenager and life gets in the way. And then um, I allowed my weight to climb. And I remember I, um, I think I weighed about 288 pounds and I decided I was gonna lose weight again um, in my early 20s and uh, probably 2004. Um, and I had a girlfriend that wanted to lose weight with me. So we had a buddy system and we went back to Joy's meetings in Elkhart, Indiana. And, um, and we lost weight together and I lost a hundred pounds in a year mm. that time. And I, um, you know, I look back on that, um, that situation and I think, why was I successful? But then why could I not? maintain that success mm -hmm. and i have preached through this journey make sustainable change so your weight loss will maintain yeah so what i did was i ended up being at the gym twice a day i was going in the morning i was going in the evening i was ballroom dancing every weekend every day of the weekend that's a, a little known fact about me yeah anyway <laughs> but um but i was obsessive about it yeah. And it was not uh, sustainable. And then I got a little bit cocky and I was thinking I was looking pretty good. And so I got comfortable. And then uh, you think you're exercising so much that then you think you can have this splurge or you can do this or you can do that. And so um, I would eat more. And, um, and then I just got comfortable and then comfortable led to being complacent. And I gained weight again. Um, I also fell in love during that time. So I don't want to blame everything on yeah. that, but uh, I, um, I, I was already gaining weight, but I started dating my husband. And, um, and so I think I, my lowest adult weight that I remember that's not right now currently was 188 pounds after I'd lost that hundred pounds. And then when we got married, I was like 220. And that was um, almost 13 years ago. And we got married and, you know, when you get married, I'm sure a lot of, well, I don't know if men go through this. Maybe you can, you can, do you gain weight when you get married, Phil? Cause your wife's trying to make you happy and she's cooking everything delicious. I don't, I don't know exactly what I weighed when I got married, but yeah. I definitely know that about halfway through this journey, mm -hmm. I could fit in the clothes that I was wearing on our wedding rehearsal night. Okay. So, okay. I couldn't wear those when I was at the big. So I mean, yeah. when I first started, so definitely I was probably 70 or 80 pounds mm -hmm. that, and that was seven years. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I just, I just gained weight. I just kept gaining weight and it was, we, we, um, I'd left my hometown. I'd left my support system. I was, um, I had a job an hour away from home. Um, we gutted and renovated our farmhouse. I mean, yeah. we went through a lot of stuff in the first four years of our marriage and um, we didn't have a kitchen. So it was like, what can we throw in the microwave or what can we get for fast food? And, and so, um, uh, yeah, I just gained weight and I ended up, I think I, we, we tried to get pregnant and mm -hmm. um, we tried for a year and a half and I wasn't getting pregnant and I had started working for a local hospital and within that mm -hmm. hospital system, um, the the self-funded um, insurance that they offered would have covered bariatric surgery for me um, at 100%. And so I said, well, you know what? While I'm here, I might as well start qualifying. And one of the qualifications is you do six months of monitored weight loss. So for me, I knew Weight Watchers worked because I had done it before. So I decided to just join Weight Watchers and lose weight and qualify for bariatric surgery. So I did that in November of um, 2011. I joined Weight Watchers um, and faithfully followed it. I weighed in at um, 338 pounds, and I yep, yep. When I joined then, and um, and I in four in four months, four five months, five months, I'd lost 40 pounds. So that put me under 300. 
And you know, those first few months are so crucial. They start building your confidence when you start finding success and you start thinking, well, I can do this. I've been doing this for five months. I don't need bariatric surgery. Yeah. I can just keep losing weight. And so um, we said, well, I lost some weight. Let's see if we can get pregnant. And we were, we were able to um, conceive. I got pregnant with Charlotte weighing 298 pounds. I carried her full term without any problems and delivered her weighing 355 pounds. I remember because I whispered it to the nurse in it when she did my intake because I was embarrassed to yeah. say that because there's a lot of stigma involved with women who are overweight and who are carrying babies and how they treat you in the hospital. But that's a whole different story with a whole different audience. Yeah, um, I mean, I know <laughs> at, that, at that weight for me, uh, when I was above that, there was a, in 2015, what got me very first started was I needed to lose 22, 25 pounds to get under the maximum amount that health insurance would cover. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I weighed 355 pounds. Yes. There was a seven pound baby involved and a ton of water weight. So I lost some weight after I had her. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to nurse this baby and I'm going to lose weight. It's just going to fall off of me. It did not work that way for me. Mm. And um, I was on maternity leave. I went back to maternity leave, working in healthcare. And um, between giving birth to her um, and like the next few weeks, I was down to like 300 pounds. I'd lost that much. But I went back to work and it crept back on. And then over mm -hmm. the course of two years, I gained those 55 pounds back. And I was 355 pounds, not pregnant. And, um, Let's see. So that brings me to November. So I had all these times. This is probably like my like fifth time on yeah. Weight Watchers across my lifetime. And not just Weight Watchers. Jenny Craig, mm -hmm. uh, Meal Replacement Shakes, uh, Atkins, um, Elimination Diets, um, uh, you name it. You yeah. name it, and I probably did it. I remember going and buying the drinks at Walgreens that were supposed to help you lose weight. The little colorful liquid things with all the things in them you're not supposed to take yeah. anymore because research shows they don't really help you. Yeah. <laughs> and they cause other problems. So um, so my turning point this time, I mean, that's the background. That's the background. Mm -hmm. My turning point this time was um, in November of 2015. We had a family up here. We had family pictures taken. And I remember getting dressed that day. I remember getting dressed a lot of days at 355 pounds and I would be in tears. Yeah. I would just be in tears because I was hoping that the steam in my pants didn't split when I got out of the car. Yeah. And so um, I, if you don't know me, you know, I cry easily. If you, I yeah. mean, if you, you just, it's a thing. I'm, I'm the same as that way. We're, we're a lot like <laughs> I know like four other things that you said that we're alike as well. I'll go over those in a minute. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, and so we had family pictures taken and I remember getting, um, getting dressed for those. And um, I was wearing my maternity pants that my mother made me out of my size 28 women's wide leg pants. Yeah. Uh, she had made maternity pants for me because I couldn't find them in my third trimester. And, um, and so she made them, but I wasn't pregnant. Mm but I had to wear them, but I yeah. wasn't pregnant. And, um, and I remember standing next to my husband and we're holding Charlotte and she's almost two, a few months out from being two. And I remember I wanted to turn sideways like this because I thought I'd be narrower from front to back than I was from hip to hip. You know what? Denial <laughs> smacked me in the face when those pictures came back. Yeah. And I um, saw what I had been hiding behind me all those years and then as a as a parent you start realizing the years are fleeting yeah. and they fly by and in my mind i thought she's going to be two but next year she's going to be three and the year after that four yeah. we're talking preschool we're talking kindergarten and i labeled myself the fat mom mm -hmm. i know i say that and i always tell people I don't label other people that way. That's how I felt about myself and yeah. about how people labeled would label me. That's, that was how I felt they would perceive me. So I thought, okay, I've got to lose weight because I can't get on the floor. I can't volunteer in the school. I can't fit in those itty bitty tiny kid seats that they use at the yeah. school. And I want to go and I don't want 
to sit on the bench and watch my daughter's life go by. And that was that that was the moment that was like, no, we're this is we're doing something. I'm changing something. And I have I only have a few years to make a difference in my health so that I can start impacting her life in a more positive way. So I joined Weight Watchers in um, December, end of December, beginning of January uh, 2016. And here we are, 50 uh, something months later, and 194 pounds lost. Wow. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I don't even know. I yeah. don't, like, I, whose life am I living? And who yeah. is this woman that I see in the mirror? And I know you feel the same way. Yeah. What, what was it like for you to get to that point to where you had lost more than you weighed? Like, where the losses were greater than the number on the scale? I still, I still don't feel like that's settled in. Yeah. I, because there's I mean, so rare. much. That's rare. I mean, I it's, feel it's rare. 50 more pounds to get to that number. Yeah. Yeah. So that number for me was what? 167 and a half, yeah. something like that. Um, so yeah, I've, I'm half my size and then some Yeah. now, or, or, and then, and then not some. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was surreal. I remember that day because I put those pants on, those size 28 wide leg mm -hmm. pants. And I thought, I used to fill these out. Yeah. I can't even hold these up. Like I, I literally, they will not stay on my body. Yeah. And yet I was bursting at the seams of these pants, mm -hmm. yeah. hoping, hoping that today they still buttoned. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's incredible. And then what I find is funny, not funny. I had a realization. Um, I do these things called track talks or trail talks where I just, it's really my own personal therapy session where I yeah. talk about the crazy things in my mind and I just record them for everybody else's viewing pleasure. Um, but one day I was thinking about how, how tall I was and what my hip circumference was. Mm -hmm. And I was wider around than I was tall. Ooh. Yeah, I had a 60 inch hip measurement and I'm 5'4". Mm -hmm. Right, is that right? Is that yeah. the right math? 60? I mean, five feet about? is 60. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, well, there you go. We're about, you know, we're yeah, about the same almost. though. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. This okay, way yeah. and this way. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you flattened me out, I would have been a square. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's just been, a lot of um, milestones have been very surreal, almost like I'm on the outside looking in to mm -hmm. somebody else's life. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm still, I'm still having my mind catch up with my body. Yeah. And I've been doing this for over four years. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, there's a lot of uh, character that's built over time that helps to um, improve your chances of continued success. Yeah. That's, that, that's what I've learned. So what, what was the mindset part that was different going into this time? Like, or, or maybe even, maybe you didn't have necessarily the mindset starting it, but as you mm -hmm. started to lose this, mm -hmm. something got you to think, I got to do the sustainability thing. I've got to yep. do something that lasts. Uh, yep. I mean, for this time, it was different because you had a kid maybe like what? Uh, yeah. What some I, of those things so, all combined? Well, so when I joined, um, when I joined, there were a lot of things in my life that fell out of control. Mm -hmm. um, I had, I was working in healthcare and um, the, healthcare industry and the particular practice that I was working in, some things were going on that I wanted to change, but I couldn't control the change. Yeah. Um, Charlotte was diagnosed with speech apraxia um, and that fell out of control. It's a um, speech delay. And um, I just thought, and my, my weight was out of control. And I thought, what is something I can control? I can control what I eat and how much I move. Yeah. But overwhelmed, but to think about both of those same things at the same time was overwhelming. So I knew that I had to do things differently than I did them before. Yeah. And that meant focus on one thing and focus on doing one thing well. Um, you know, Weight Watchers talks about WW. Yeah. <laughs> it's so hard when you have generate like decades of, yeah. of history. Um, they talk about the pillars of success, your meals, your movement and your mindset. 
And to me, the foundation that supports all of those pillars is your meals and your food and your relationship with food. And so when you start trying to play around with all the other things before you focus on the foundation, nothing is going to be built and be strong and firm. And so that was what I said. I said, I'm just going to focus on food because I know that you can make change just with food. And so once you start feeling better and you start nourishing yourself and your body responds to that and you start making progress, it builds your self-confidence and your self-esteem. And then that motivates you to make the other changes. Ooh, lots of hearts. Did you just see all that? Yeah. Whoa. Somebody's (laughs) loving on us. I love it. I love it. Hey, Cynthia, Peggy, I got some of my girls here tonight. So um, I just want to give them my love. But um, it is, it's, that is the thing. That is when, when we fail to see the success that we want, it's not because we're not drinking enough water, typically. Yeah. Typically, typically. Yeah. It really comes down to that foundation. And you need to make sure that that foundation is, is firm and strong. So for 10 months, my main focus was food. And with that, I'd lost 60 pounds. Yeah. And then I was under 300. So I was like, I feel pretty good. I'm getting, look at me, look at me, I lost 50 pounds. And so then I was like, ooh, let's see what I can do now. And and so then I started adding in fitness in my journey. I said to somebody um, yesterday about deadlines, deadlines we put on our journey. Mm -hmm. And the deadlines add added pressure. And when we don't meet a deadline or we don't think we can, there is this, internal sense to just abort mission yeah so i've never i've never put a deadline on my weight loss and then something hit me um jay shetty last week in oprah's oprah's thing yeah i don't know if it was oprah or him but i'm just gonna have to go back and watch it but somebody made the statement we need to start focusing on the practices instead of the finishing focus on what you're practicing instead of what you're finishing yeah and, and that hit me last week. And I thought, that is what I've been doing. Thank you for, for like speaking about what I, what I have been encouraging yeah. this whole time and what you encourage your members to do. Yeah. Because it's those practices, those things you do every day repeatedly that you do to help improve your efficiency, your proficiency yeah. is what helps you support your success. We will never finish practicing those things. Mm-hmm. I say all the time um, that. Would you like a word in edgewise? Oh no no, I, I, it's totally fine. This is it's all about you. I talk all the time, so. Uh, <laughs> so do no. I. <laughs> it's uh, what what you need, what we need to start thinking about is whatever it is when you when you write that goal down, it is super super productive to actually write or say those goals, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and then from there start just deconstructing that thing backwards, whatever it is to obtain that, mm-hmm. that can't be the final chapter of your life. Like, you know, unless you're saying my only goal that I'm pursuing now is to be eternally with my creator, we'll just keep pursuing that one. That one's fine. Right. But everything else in life, like there's going to come a time when you either accomplish it or you give up accomplishing it. Mm-hmm. And once you've got it and you have it in your hand, is that the only thing you wanted in life? Most likely not. You want to learn how to use that. You want to yeah. spend that. You want to take it and give some of that away. Mm-hmm. You want to live in it or reside in it. Mm-hmm. So part of part of that whole success for me is figuring out what from the future can I bring to me slowly today? And it may not be in full, but it may be so that I can build this thing so that I mm-hmm. actually can can say that I built this, not that I did this, I earned this money and then I bought that or whatever. Like that's, that's, this is the same thing in our journey. Like, I don't want to just say, man, I would love it if I've lost 150 pounds. And then I skipped every of those days to get to where I am today and be like, well, Phil, you've lost 150 pounds. Is your life perfect? No. Is it better than it was? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do you love where you're at today? Yes. Do you want to continue on? Yes. You know, like, and, and the, the joy that I get to live in today by going ahead and starting to live in joy and live and thrive mm-hmm. and accepting that today is the best day that I can live. I can't even live tomorrow. I'm not guaranteed mm-hmm. that. So that's the thing is like this next 40 pounds, if it takes me another year or if it takes me two or three or whatever, mm-hmm. when I get there, 
the goal is not to get there. The goal is to have lived every one of those days that get me to there. And then mm -hmm. from there, I will have continued, you know. So, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people get caught up in seeking a specific number or, yeah. or they want to do it for a specific event. Like, I want to lose this weight so that I can be the beautiful bride that I want to be, or I can be the run the marathon that I want to run, or whatever those are. Those are those are worthy causes, mm -hmm. but I would say for success and sustainability, you have to start bringing back what you want to be five years, 10 years from now yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah. And those kind of things. And a lot of times for me, that has some to do with food, but not a lot to do with food. For me, most of that yeah. falls into mindset because yeah. I can only tweak my food so much. And, and what I mean by that is I can only eat exactly the right smart points mm -hmm. given whatever food they are. I can always try to get healthier and change that up and, you know, uber healthy or figure out a way to make a, a, a Big Mac fit. Either one of those. They both right. on the WWE plan will work. I can yeah. say I'm only going to eat kale and green beans or I can have pizza. They both can work on the plan. Mm -hmm. It's the thing that says, what is best for me today? And mm -hmm. I want more of that. I want mm -hmm. more of that ability to live in the moment and say, is this best for me? And mm -hmm. actually do the mental work to assess every mm -hmm. part of my life. Yeah. So I call it, I call it the what behind why, the why behind what we do. Yeah. The why behind the what. What yeah. are we doing and why are we doing it? And then be able to own, to own what yeah. it is and to be proud of why we're doing what we do yeah. and i talk about that a lot i had um i had a little challenge um where we focused on the character trait of of keeping the promises we make to ourselves and mm -hmm. how that translates to our weight loss journey because you nobody else cares about yeah. what your tracker says during the day how many ounces of water you drink or whether you got up in sun at sunrise and took a walk yeah. or if you have your ten thousand steps Nobody else cares but you. And so you, at the end of the day, have to be the one who has to be proud of the choices you make. Yeah. You have to be proud of them. I told someone yesterday, I said, you can go to bed with your successes or you can go to bed with your excuses. Yeah. That, that to me, like, I'm like, okay, what, what, what choice am I making today? Why am I making this choice? Yeah. Why in this moment do I want to go and eat all the graham crackers? Mm -hmm. It's not the food. It's the, it's the, I said it to Natalie. I did. I did say yeah. it to Natalie. But for me, it's it's it. What is motivating the behavior? What's mm -hmm. why am I practicing that? Yeah. And is that a healthy practice? Yeah. I and I say it all the time. We we did some training uh, for uh, trauma care of people. Did like this ten week course, and one of the main things that I took away from it, so many things that we took away from that is that all behavior is an unmet need. No matter what it is, every behavior is an unmet need. So you have to figure out what that unmet need is mm -hmm. and satisfy that. And it's not always calories. It's, you know, sometimes the no. healthiest thing that you need is a conversation with mom or a yeah. sister or a friend or whatever. Yeah. Just to have, have that moment where you say, mm -hmm. man, I know you love me and that doesn't mean I need any Oreos. I need to have a conversation with you. Right. And right. you do that. And that same thing that's within us, those soft words, those kind words that will draw us mm -hmm. from our protective lower brain, that is fight, flight, or flee, mm -hmm. uh, will bring us back into our prefrontal cortex where we can think logically and we think that, mm -hmm. oh, there's a reason that mm -hmm. I don't need that. Mm -hmm. it, is, yeah. it is not found in the, in the, in the sleeve of Oreos. No, no. Yeah. No. Hey, I want to jump in here for just a second and take a pause, and we'll hear from one of our sponsors. Thank you for joining us. We'll be right back. Now a message from our partners. Hey, family. Let me tell you about my favorite protein bars. Yeah, you know them. Healthy eating all the time bars. Heat-go.com. Check them out. They are gluten-free, all natural, no additives, no preservatives, naturally sweetened with honey made right here in the United States. The goal for them is to provide a fulfilling, conscious-free bar that are fun fuel for your body that allows you to feel nourished throughout your whole day. Find them online at heat-go.com and on Instagram at healthyeat underscore on the go.com. If you need a 12% discount, use the code feelgood. Now back to our program. Now, back to our host, Phil. I don't remember what I, I don't remember. 
That's okay. Uh, so. so what is your go-to activity? Like, uh, I see you do the, the uh, trail walks and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. so what is it? What is your like go-to that you've kind of learned that this is what I need to do and your sustainability level? And like, mm -hmm. and also I always love to know like what thought processes go in your head when you don't get activity now that you've been doing it for a while. So talk, talk mm -hmm. about that. Um, so my go-to is walking. Okay. It's my go-to. I have, um, I don't want to say preached, but I have advocated for the walk at home series with Leslie Sanson because Maria knows I love walking, walk, 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 walk. Um, I do because it is something most everybody can do unless you're dealing with a disability. All of us, you know, for me, it was something early on that I could do. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. But then, well, what about the weather? Well, I can walk inside and that's where the videos came in. Mm -hmm. um, and I have done that. I did that for the, the entirety of the four years, the like four years of my journey. It wasn't until November that I joined the gym. Yeah. It wasn't until November that I even grabbed a weight to lift it. It wasn't um, until November that I started taking Zumba and Pound and all these other things. Mm -hmm. um, so I do have an elliptical in my garage. And you would think, oh, she's got an elliptical. That's great. I hate using that thing. I do too. It's bad. I hate it. I hate it. I have, I, yeah, I have knee problems. I have a herniated disc at L4 and L5. I've got numbness in my right leg. I can't feel my right pinky toe. Like I have issues, I have issues, but walking is something I can do. Yeah. Um, I, um, I will, I, I do not aspire to be a runner. I walk once in a while, a little walk jog, a little yeah. walking. Um, and, and, and I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with that. So, um, so I get this question a lot. How often do you exercise? And, um, I say I exercise every day I can. Mm -hmm. because someday will come and I can't. Yeah. And so whether it is just taking a walk, like this morning I went out and I took a mile and a half walk. Um, that's what I had. I came in and I took a Zumba class. And after that, amongst like daily activities, I only had like 8,000 steps. So I was like, oh no. So I, I struggle to find balance when it comes to activity mm. because I know what I'm capable of but that doesn't necessarily mean I have to do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause I have pushed myself where I've done 20,000 steps every day for seven days thinking that yeah. was going to break through a plateau. Well, it didn't, mm -hmm. but I'm capable of it. So then do I have to do it every day? I'm still finding that balance because I feel yeah. like, especially with those who've lost a lot of weight, we have to change how we view fitness across our journey. Because what I can do now and what I'm capable of is different than what I was capable of at 300 pounds. Yeah. And so sometimes I have that mentality. Well, oh, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. Yeah. I don't, I don't like doing that. Um, and that was like the whole weight, like lifting weights. So I don't want to lift weights. Yeah. I think, I, don't, it's, I, don't. I think it's crucial also to, for us to learn, to listen to our body and mm -hmm. not force it to do things that we don't want to do. Like yeah. you, you're more likely to, continue and sustain something that you find some level of joy in. So finding that mm -hmm. thing that brings exactly. you joy uh, is, is critical. And, and for me, I, that's know. always been dance. Yeah. That has been dance since I was 12 years old. And I went to ballroom dance lessons because my mom wanted to know how to dance with her daughters. Mm -hmm. And I did that. I took ballroom dance lessons off and on for 10 years. And there's something about that that just feeds me on the yeah. inside. And it's an, I'm not artistic like like on uh, with brush and paper or whatever but that's the way i can be yeah. and um and i love that and that's where zumba came in i'm like just do it um pound lets me move sometimes even leslie you can do a little jam with leslie yeah. um, and that brings me joy but i agree with that it has to be something that you that 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 sparks joy yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh, one of the things saying joy reminded me my coach's name is joy so your first coach is Joy, my coach's yes. name is Joy as well. Yeah. And we actually work to attend her meeting, but we also work two meetings together. So okay. it's pretty cool. So yeah. it's, you know, we share that. And then the, the other thing uh, while we're talking about that, 
is uh -huh. uh, you said something about working in the dental field and I work in the dental yeah. field. So. Oh, yeah. So I um, I took dental assisting actually in high school as part of vocational school. Like we had like career center vocational mm -hmm. training. I took two years of dental assisting and I ended up in an orthodontic office okay. um, in my um, senior year and was trained on the job in orthodontics. And um, I was in orthodontics for 10 years, 10 years. Wow. And then I went to general dentistry. And then from there, I ended up in um, like uh, office, medical office management, okay. which is where I ended my 17 years in healthcare was um, after I was managing an internal medicine practice. Okay. Um, I just said, I, you know what? I don't want to deal. I would go back to dentistry, but yeah. then I have carpal tunnel from, from doing it for so long. Like I really can't do that. And now, so it's just, anyway. So anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to be in medicine. I don't want to be in health, like that kind of health care. I don't want to be text messaged at 3 a.m. in the morning with somebody's health emergency and it's life or death. It was too stressful for me. Yeah. yeah. Some people can do that. And I, I can't imagine that, um, what people in healthcare have gone through these last three, four months, um, and the stress and the anxiety that they, that they bring home to their families and, um, and I just, I, my heart goes out to them. I just realized it's not, it's not a profession that I mentally can handle. I couldn't right. imagine working in the dental office and going back to it. And I know Cynthia does. And I know other people probably who follow us work in the office. And it's like one of the most hazardous jobs now. Mm -hmm. Like that, that scares me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I got a, uh, I got a crown put on number 30 last week. Uh, this week. Ah. <laughs> How's that? How's that going? Oh, it's a temporary. So I get my real one put on in like oh. two weeks, but it's, it's okay. all good. I just had a crack and I had to have a, have a temporary. It crack. happens. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I definitely know uh, all the pain that you're talking about. We had to help uh, hundreds and hundreds of people get unemployment insurance, help close yeah. hundreds of dental offices, mm -hmm. uh, and get PPE loans. So yeah chased all that down so whenever whenever this all this COVID stuff started my technical job like doubled down and got twice as busy mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it's uh it's just now uh starting to calm down where as in like i almost feel like i could take a day off next week for the first time Yay! So i don't i don't know if that's going to happen but like i i mean it's it's calming down we got no, some you, other projects you need that, to make it happen yeah. you can't you can't pour from an empty cup phil yeah so uh, it's it's been it's been interesting, but uh, so how does your family with a uh, husband and the one yeah. child of seven and yourself? How do y'all handle food at your home? I make it, you yeah. eat it. They, that's right. <laughs> Whatever, Mama. So, <laughs> happy wife, happy life. There you go. So um, my husband has been so supportive. I mean, you have to think about it. Our spouses they're reaping some benefits. Yeah. You know, I kind of talked about how um, the other day I had a, um, oh, a chat about something. And I said, anyway, it's a window wisdom with Tamara. It's a silly segment where I sit in yeah. front of the window and I try to sound like I know what I'm talking about. That's yeah. what it is. Okay. Right. It'll be on my YouTube next week for people who don't already have access to it. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. But anyway, I was talking about um, how, the weight that we had, I felt like my husband made allowances for me and maybe didn't have um, the same expectations. Mm -hmm. For me, as a spouse, like he gave me a lot more grace yeah. than um, because of my weight. There were things I couldn't do. It made him have to do other things that I couldn't take care of or didn't have the energy or just the physical mm -hmm stamina so when it comes to like weight loss i mean i told him the other day and this is going to sound really snotty and i say baby you invested well yeah i said look at this you married me and now look what you got i'm like a fine wine <laughs> I, I mean it's just a funny thing you know you're just yeah. between spouses it's a you know it was a joke but um because of that he's so supportive of this journey and i you know my heart goes out to people who don't have that in their homes where mm -hmm. they're battling against people bringing in all of the trigger foods, all the foods with no breaks, yep. not appreciating the meals, not eating what they want. I don't have that. And I think that has also been a nice support. The other thing is I will very 
um, I will be very vocal about the things that I cannot allow myself to eat. Mm. That doesn't mean I'm going to never let Charlotte have ice cream. Yeah. It just means that I either have to make a choice that I'm going to have it with her. And I've done that and I've given up my weeklies to have ice cream with her, but she will eat most of what I make. Some of the things she doesn't like fish. Yeah. And we have salmon probably once a week. And so I just give her something different. Mm. I just make her a piece of chicken or whatever, but she's, she's pretty good. Kevin's never complained. Um, He looks out for me as far as food. He asked the other day, he bought fig Newtons little fig bars thing Mm -hmm. he goes are these going to be okay in the house or do i need to put them somewhere else and it's kind of embarrassing to have to say that yeah but i appreciate that he acknowledges that that he realizes that that is an issue he said the same thing because i said he was doing the grocery shopping because i have an underlying health condition and so he'd been doing the grocery shopping um and he said if i got some chips or something would that be a problem for for you i said not this week yeah. <laughs> now this week. Um, and, and I didn't, I had one out of the very, very last crumbs of the bag. Yeah. So he is, he's just really good about that. Um, he's lost some weight in just like the last few months. Um, his blood pressure was rising and he went to the doctor and the doctor said, you know, the best thing you can do before we prescribe medicine is, and he's not a big guy. Yeah. He's not a, he's, he's, I don't know. I don't want to talk about him because he's not here. But yeah. um, so, but he could have lost, he could probably lose 30 or four, maybe 30 pounds. And so um, the doctor said, uh, yeah, if you lost weight, you know, and, and he kind of, he said, the doctor was asking me, you know, do I, have I ever had to lose weight before? Do I know how to do that? He goes to the doctor, he, he goes, my wife's lost 200 pounds through diet and exercise. I got the best coach at home. There you go. I like, if I, t- if I tell her, you said I need to lose some weight, she'll be right on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he, he has, he's lost about 15 pounds. Um, nice. And he hasn't, he hasn't really made a ton of changes. He just stopped snacking, he says. I'm like, mm-hmm. Well, I think that, that right there is a key thing for a lot of people <laughs> to know. And for everybody that would watch this video, it's not that dramatic how much you have no. to change to actually no. get to reel it back in. Like, when 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 ww breaks it down in this most simple way possible being smart points mm-hmm. you're looking at little nuggets of your day you know mm-hmm. 56 calorie bites that go through there and you're given you know 17 if you're on purple or 30 if you're on green or somewhere in the middle if you're on blue or whatever the number mm-hmm. is for you you know according to your height weight age and gender uh, sex then um that little number I mean, you might you might be only eating five or six or eight or twelve smart points over. So how can I eliminate mm-hmm. six smart points and get me back mm-hmm. in for six days out of seven, and you lose mm-hmm. a pound? Oh, yep. it's not that dramatic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like, well, what, let's do an assessment here. What you ate last week? Oh my gosh, you ate three hundred seven smart points. Yeah. Well, when I started, when I started, I was at McDonald's for three meals a day. Yeah. And I always like I would watch those shows like my six hundred pound life. He's like, I don't eat like those people. Yeah, that's not a food yeah, problem. I did. That's, yeah, that's I a did. behavior problem, right? It was. It was. Yeah, but, and yeah. 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 I mean, that's it was poor convenient. behavior for anyone yeah. to do that. I know. Yeah. I know. I was like, oh, oh, I'll go to McDonald's and and I'll get an egg McMuffin and a hash brown and an orange juice, but it's the egg McMuffin. It's not the biscuit. So I felt like that was a better choice. And then at lunch, I would get the um, 10 piece chicken nugget because I was getting chicken and not a burger. I was going to splurge and get a milkshake. Yeah. And then on the way home, I didn't want to cook because I'd been in the office for 12 hours and I was tired. And so we'd run through, but I'd get an extra fry and I'd eat the fry before I got home. Yeah. And leave the trash in the car so my husband didn't know i had two fries oh yeah I, I, I used to buy travel nuggets all the time like whatever <laughs> whatever full combo so, meal i was buying i would yeah. add on a four piece yeah. nugget to eat as i drove home yes so and, when i was working an hour from home i would drive by this little convenience store and they had um michigan made ice cream that they like hand scooped mm. and i had it timed i knew exactly what size of ice cream cone i could get and eat and have it done before I got home 12 minutes away. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, that was early on. That was, I mean, that was, yeah. but it, it was, it was like, for me, it was like, I've been so stressed. I just drove through Grand Rapids traffic and, yeah. and I, you know, I'm almost home. It was like this reward for like, what, living life? Yeah. I don't know why I was rewarding myself for just living life. It was just, I didn't, I didn't know how to cope. Yeah. I didn't know absolutely. how to cope. Yeah. I, back in the day, and this is, this is one of the things where my self-assessment of, of behaviors uh, to the aspect of what we what we call now living a mindful life i was mm -hmm. living full out mindlessly mm -hmm. and by that i mean i wasn't trying to do anything deceptive or i wasn't mm -hmm. trying to hide food but i was like i was so ingrained in poor habits that those habits just had such a hold on my day that i would eat mm -hmm. a normal breakfast here whatever it was leave and drive to work and on my drive to work eight or 12 miles down surface streets i would pass multiple restaurants very often mm -hmm. it was mcdonald's two burritos or it was a chicken fillet chicken uh, chick-fil-a chicken biscuit or whatever mm -hmm. and god forbid that they're running some kind of special that uh, for you know 35 cents more you get two I'm like okay well i'll do that and like i'm not going to save that one for later i'm gonna go ahead and eat no. it knowing no. that i didn't need yeah. any of those calories much less both of them and then lunchtime comes, I'm still gonna eat lunch. I go home, still eat dinner. And mm -hmm. I would I would go to work in hospitals and then when I get done, I'll be like, I'm thirsty, let's get a snack. So bag of cheese, mm -hmm. a bag of famous same as cookies, you know, yep. bag of chips, whatever it was. Yep. And I was eating all that and there was zero assessment of whether or not I was hungry. It was mm -hmm. all circumstantial and all just passive ways for me to satisfy that thing that was going on in me that said you need something and you know mm -hmm. what what is this void and there was no assessment of what what would fulfill that void you know it could have been just water like if i had drank a bottle right. of water as i was driving i would have gotten the same feeling but mm -hmm. my crazy self said that you know two bottles of diet coke and a bag of cheeses was going to do it mm -hmm. now you said in your um the course that you took on behavior and triggers mm -hmm. and something usually have you identified what it was in your life that has that triggered that behavior that led to weight gain? I'm not, you don't have to share yeah, it, but oh, I'm yeah, just yeah. wondering, have oh, you yeah. done that? Like, so you, I did. I actually, actually, once we did the trauma class, I went back and did another eight-week course on um, self-worth. Mm -hmm. And so there was, there was a large, I mean, I've been a big person my whole life as well. Mm -hmm. um, and there was a there was a period of time back in uh, the early 2000s where i was kind of living life i don't know i was i was 25 and all of my friends who seemingly i thought felt like we're all kind of at the same station in life got to the point to where they started moving on without me mm -hmm. and being a guy that was 300 360 pounds or whatever um maybe not the most attractive guy or whatever uh, I didn't have game. I don't know what the deal was, but like being in a serious relationship for me, uh, that was not part of my life back then. Mm -hmm. And so they start moving on, getting married and that kind of stuff. So then I have to start dealing with all these thoughts of like, maybe this is affecting my self-worth. So I went through nearly a decade of really poor thinking about self. And I let myself mm -hmm. get all the way up to in uh, July of 20, uh, 20, 2007, I weighed about 460 pounds. Mm -hmm. and that's 64 pounds higher than what I came to WW as. Okay. Uh, so I truly am over 200 pounds lost from my highest ever human weight. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's not the WW stuff. But yeah, so there was, I mean, there's a large period of time where I, I didn't value myself. And I, and, and I don't even know it's that it had fully translated to me valuing myself as a big person. I knew I was big and mm -hmm. I knew there was a lot of things that I limited and couldn't do and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was always the first person to go into a restaurant to make sure that we got a table so I didn't get stuck mm -hmm. with a booth because my belly wouldn't want to fit in a booth. Mm -hmm. you know, very, very in control of those situations. Uh, the crazy modifications that I made in my own life to be able to get into my pants. Uh, to be yep. able to go to the bathroom. Nobody yes. wants to talk about that. Nobody uh, does, but you know yeah. what? That was one of my things too. Yeah. When I realized that I could not attain proper personal hygiene. Yeah. I was like, uh, no. Oh, yeah. no, 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 no. But people don't want to talk about that. Like those of us who have been in, in those situations, like at that, 
in that category of obesity yeah because it's embarrassing yeah. i feel like put it on the table because there's other people who who felt that way or are dealing with that yeah. and yeah yeah it was like i it was yeah yeah so for me i think it was it was um just going through a period of time of, of having some healing and finding mm -hmm. the self-worth. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's a, that's a slow thing. It wasn't like I took a course and, and figured all that right. out. Well, and you know, it, it can be, it can be a scary thing. Yeah. And I, um, there's a quote that talks about how, um, you something, let me think about this. I, I should look it up, but it talks about your demons mm -hmm. and how you will never be able to overcome them until you stop enjoying their company. Yeah. And so that made me really think about what in my life, because of dealing with lifelong obesity, mm -hmm. um, where did it come from? Where did it start? Yeah. What started it? Why did food become my coping mechanism? Yeah. And I had said in that same window wisdom about excuses that um, sometimes it is we use food as a protection yeah. to keep us safe from other situations yeah and that goes deep into some emotional mm -hmm. and mental things that maybe people have gone through traumas they've gone through in their mm -hmm. life and so food feels safe food feels like something they get to choose they are in control of nobody else is choosing that yeah. for them whether they choose it in a supportive way or a non-supportive way i've really had to um and I'm not going to get super personal, but I've really had to think back in my life and what, what was it that I was longing for mm -hmm. that caused me to fill that void? Like Cynthia, she, like to comfort myself yeah. with food. Yeah, absolutely. And um, somebody told me food is something that's always there for them. Yeah. It, it doesn't, it doesn't betray you. It doesn't turn its back on you. You don't think it does. I mean, turn around, it might turn its back on you. It's going to turn yeah. itself on your back. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> but, I, um, I, I would say that another thing that is always there for you is yourself. Yeah. And, you know, learning to love yourself, especially the younger version of yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, there was a period of time when I despised that guy because of the choices that he made and, and yep. the, the way he made life hard. But I, I now know but that's not that's not healthy and i've had to yeah. go back and think about that and taking that uh, self-worth class was really introspective yeah. on and getting to the point to where i can let a lot of that go and say it it even though the choices were made by that person he was doing the best he could do yeah and the best fruit out of all of that and what's so good about ww and when you do it the right way and when you gain that healthy habits and those healthy mindsets you can say that I can live and reside in today and be so happy that where I am today, that it is enough payment for me to say that it is worth me going through all of that to mm -hmm. get here. That the path that I would have gone if I didn't go through that would not be as good as it is to right. be today. Yeah, so I've, I, you know, I 100, like, yes, yeah. yes. I've said to Kevin, you know, I feel like where I am, there's that song by Rascal Flatts about the yeah. broken road that's yeah. led me straight to you. And although I do apply that to our marriage, I also think about that in our journey through weight loss, mm -hmm. that broken road, that path that we have tiptoed through, fallen and skinned our knees, that path has led us to who we are today yeah. with, with the character traits, the, the, the resilience, the um the confidence yeah <laughs> you know and the the um courage to do what we're doing now yeah you know and so um our past doesn't need us our future does yeah and so i've tried really hard to go ahead and make my peace with the past i can't change that yeah. i can try to fix some things that may need fixed or moved forward from but i need to focus i need to focus on forward yeah yeah there's a song there's a song it's it's uh i don't know if you're into enneagrams at all but sleeping at last is a band and he wrote songs for all the nine numbers of the enneagram and the song he wrote for the number three people which it, it ironically is like the people that view 
self and self appearance the most. Like that is the that is one of the cores of them. I'm not a three. I'm a seven. But uh, there's a song that is is called Three, and there's a line that the song ends with, and it just goes through this whole poetic musical story about this this person. And when it gets to the end, the very last thing, the stamp that goes on the song is there's an asterisk that says, I'm worthy of love anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think that one phrase is so powerful yeah. for yeah. all of us because we exempt ourselves from accepting love and giving love and loving ourselves so much because we think that our failures or our successes, good or bad, are the definition of us. And that is not the truth. The truth is that we are emphatically, innately worthy of being loved. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the same as what's going on in our world right now, despite Uh, people's color or despite their race or their creed or whoever they are, every human being is worthy of being loved. Every human being should have the opportunity to thrive in this life. And uh, that's that's one thing that if I could just say that this is what my purpose in life is to be, is to prove that every person is worthy of love and loving yourself is the way that it should start. Uh, yeah. From there, as you love yourself, you love your neighbor. And there's no there's no other qualifiers in that. Yeah, because you can't you can't love your neighbor if you can't love yourself. Because yeah. it says it says you yeah. love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah. Like that's and yeah. I, we could go on about that, <laughs> but I agree. I agree. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Now so we're going to go from here. Well, we've, uh, it's about to pop off and say we've got like four I minutes know. left. It's because the, the hour goes so fast. Uh, we can wow. talk about anything you want to. I always like to end uh, over the last couple of minutes with any questions you would like to have uh, asked of me. You know, I've, I've asked you a bunch well, of questions. Well, I've asked you some. I asked yeah. you to tell me why you, why you think yeah. you gained so much weight. I, you know, I, um, one thing I do appreciate, Phil, and something somebody told me about you the other day was that you love people yeah. and that you care, genuinely care yeah. about the success of the people that you interact with. Yeah. And I thought, what a testimony to your character. Because um, Instagram is a platform Mm -hmm. and we may not have started our accounts with the intention to have to to interact with so many people, right? And so when we make those people, when we extend ourselves to make them feel like they matter, that's where we, uh, that's where the true connection is. Yeah. And that's, that's where success for me and my account is, is I want those who follow me to know that they matter to me and you are doing that because somebody told me you're doing that and that's how they feel about you. Oh, well, that's awesome. So I wanted to tell you that. I don't have any questions. <laughs> Who's talking about me on tell the you that. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably somebody I know. I don't know. No, anyway. well, you might know them. You might know them, but, yeah. but just that I wanted you to know that that's yeah. the reputation that your character is building for you. And I'm, I'm I'm proud to to have you as my brother in this community. Yeah, so. absolutely, absolutely. And you know, there this this community has given uh, a, a ton back to me. There's been so many times when somebody said something to me that really helped me stay on track yeah. or or whatever. Uh, especially in the first year that I did it, before I started the WWE Instagram and all all of that, mm-hmm. uh, I I took from this community as much as I could. Uh, and yep. then I started to give back as soon as I could, and I think yep. that's that's what uh, that's what we're all supposed to do. And it may not even make sense for a lot of people to understand that, but I know that in any life, no matter what struggle you have before you, that victory comes by reconnecting with your life's intended purpose and telling your story. Mm-hmm. That is both a great meme. It's also yeah. scripture. And it's true. So yeah. whatever, however you want to apply it to your life, whether or not you're a cosmic person, it sounds good. If you're a Bible person, it is the truth and thing. But when you reconnect to your purpose yeah. and you apply your testimony or your story, then overcoming whatever it is that's before you will happen. Yeah. Uh, so that's that, that we're, because I say it all the time. We are not intended to be epic losing weight. We may lose an epic amount of weight. 
but my purpose is far greater than the amount I of grief that I could ever lose. I have a purpose in this life, yeah. and I will, yeah. I will give every bit of every day that I can. And, to- and our losing weight only allows us to do justice to yeah. the true purpose. That's yeah. how I feel. Yeah. That's how, you know, it allows me to be more of who I'm supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's home. That's when, that's when we're home. You know, it's when we're, we're back to where we're supposed to be and we get to to live and thrive inside the skin and feel comfortable and feel happy and content and used and useful. You know, yeah. uh, I think I think we all want to be that. Uh, sometimes we put ourselves in second place so long that it feels weird to, to be giving and then get back, you know, yeah. but uh, it's, it's why we're created. So we have about nine seconds and I will say thank you. You're welcome. Hey, if you want to yeah. do a part two, let me know. All right. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thanks, Phil. Thank you for listening to the Feel Good Podcast, your guide to feel good. This podcast is not sponsored or affiliated with any brand. All statements and opinions on this show are those of Phil alone. If you enjoy this podcast, please share the word as we all continue on our individual journeys to feeling good.